Hi, welcome to Totem Talks. I'm Helen Fruin. I'm Mark Smith. And today we are talking about more things to do with assessment, recruitment, interviewing... Stuff. Stuff. In particular, telephone interviewing. Yeah, it's the pre-screen. It's the, Ah. you know, you've got... 30-ish candidates, say, maybe 20. You want to get that down to a reasonable number to interview face-to-face. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? Last time on our podcast, we talked about psychometric tests, which is one way of getting that number down. Telephone interviews are the classic other way of doing it. Oh, indeed. But my goodness, they are extremely biased. So I thought yes. it might be useful for us to talk about, I've I got to say, I don't think there is any way of removing bias but could we reduce it a little bit? I mean, reducing it, certainly. And I think for me, that why this topic is relevant, particularly at the moment, is just got off a phone call with a dear, dear friend. Um, and he's been doing some work in the recruitment space. And he, and both of us, in fact, were talking about how buoyant the recruitment market seems to be at the moment. I mean, you do usually get a little kick of excitement and activity after Christmas because everyone's like, poor. I'm not doing that job anymore. I'm off. See ya. <laughs> uh, but this seems to have been maintained through into February, which is a little unusual. Mm. And I'm wondering if it's got something to do with COVID. I mean, Andy's point was that a lot of employers haven't exactly covered themselves in stardust mm. during the COVID period. And I think a lot of people are now just reassessing whether they actually want to work for that company. That might be motivating a few people to jump ship. Uh I also think there's quite a lot of pent-up excitement about the possibility that we may be moving away from lockdown and into a, some form of, of normal life again. I think that, that sense of excitement and anticipation encourages people to look for new jobs. So I do think the recruitment market is busy at the moment. and I think it's going to get a lot busier. So anybody who is going to be recruiting over the next, say, three to 12 months, I think this podcast is, is going to be on point for you at some point in the future. Telephone screening is my most hated job. <laughs> <laughs> so any tips that you've got for me to reduce either my bias, my, bias uh, my, my, my lack of enthusiasm for the whole activity and to really get some best practice tips from you is, uh, is going to be useful for me. Well, so I find telephone interviewing actually quite enjoyable. Really? Because it adds the humanity back in. I suppose. When you're just reading a CV... Or can I just put out a big sales pitch here for application forms in terms of having a consistent approach? Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest issues with CVs is you're assessing someone's ability to write a CV, which is not necessarily related to their ability to do the job Absolutely. you're applying for. So by giving them a consistent application form, that can at least, you know, at least it takes out the how good are they at writing a CV now it's how good are they at filling in an application form. So it's still mm-hmm. a different skill, but at least you've got consistency. You're comparing like for like. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of people will say, don't want to do that, takes up too much time, blah, blah, blah. That's your choice. Personally, huge fan of application forms. Uh, I'd say it saves you time. I, oh, well, it takes up too much time for the candidate. A lot of recruiters, employers, worry that candidates won't apply if they've got to fill out an application form, which for me says, do they want the job or not? So again, mm, I don't know. So I mean, I mean, coming back to a podcast we had, uh, I'm going to say a month ago now, where we talked about uh, people being afraid to tick certain boxes mm. when they're when they're identifying, you know, their sexuality or whatever. Uh, an application form could force people into that kind of situation where they don't want to 
answer certain questions that you've specified. I get that perspective in terms of wanting to manage the candidate experience, but equally, you're applying for a job. I'm going to give you tens of thousands of pounds of my money to do a job. And let's face it, most of the time, you're probably going to be on Facebook or moaning <laughs> at my colleagues about the coffee machine not working properly. This is, you know, this is me talking as an employer now. So I think the least you can do is fill in an application form. So I've got this, there's a real tension for me in terms of that. But as an operator, as someone who's process driven, application forms are brilliant because they're so much more easy to administer post application. You can, you can, you know, there's all kinds of software available for me to do a lot of the detail digging automatically as opposed to a CV that comes in many, many different formats, many different structures. An individual has to read those CVs and make a decision. I would much rather have an automated system at the point of entry to a job. So I suppose your point about humanizing the experience with the telephone call makes an awful lot of sense after I have dehumanized the experience just to get people through the door. So yeah, I think I'm agreeing Sounds with like you. we're agreeing. We're agreeing, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, what a shock. What a shock. Yeah, so application form, good idea. Mm-hmm. Whether you use an application form or not, the idea of getting your shortlist down to a shorter list, yep. uh, you know, talking to someone, and, and this is the problem, when I say hugely biased, talking to someone brings the humanity back in. Well, the minute you bring humanity in, there's all your bias. Mm-hmm. So I'm a smiley, chatty, bubbly person. I am going to warm to people on the phone who are smiley, chatty and bubbly. Mm-hmm. And that's my bias. And so if someone is not coming across very well on the phone, again, what I'm assessing is how bubbly and chatty you are on the phone. Is that relevant for the job? Is that a a critical aspect of the job? So a huge thing here, as with all selection activity, is to get really crystal clear on what are the requirements of the job and then think about what telephone interview questions allow you to start digging into those areas. Mm -hmm. And then also have some scoring criteria, some way of rating the candidate after the telephone interview that gets you to challenge some of those bias points. Mm -hmm. So a classic example would be one of the most standard telephone interview questions. What made you apply for the job? What do you know about our company? So we ask those questions because we want to test someone's enthusiasm. But what we're really testing, you know, particularly if we're talking about young people, graduates or early careers, we're testing what kind of privileged background they've had and who has helped them know about researching a company website and speak the company language. And so the bias in those questions is towards children with a more privileged background Mm -hmm. who've had training on how to answer those questions well. Then you've got the bias about, are they chatty? Are they extroverted? Do they sound enthusiastic? So having some scoring criteria that say, you know, listen to what they're saying, work on not being so biased according to how they speak and whether you think they sound like your kind of person, Mm -hmm. because that's our bias coming in. Yeah. Better questions. If we could move away from just the tell me about yourself, why are you interested, what do you know about the company, would be to start diving into aspects of the role. So if I wanted to say a key part of this role is about attention to detail, how do you find working with detail? How does that work for you? What do you enjoy about it? What do you find challenging? 
a lot of people would describe that as strengths-based interviewing because mm-hmm. what I'm looking for is your level of interest in that. You could also take the competency-based interview approach where you say, tell me about a time when you've done that. Give me an example of what you've done. So you're starting straight away to dive into the role as opposed to just having these fluffy upfront conversations about just tell me about yourself, tell me about the company. Sure. And is there any scoring criteria for those? Uh, Well, again, if you've looked at what the role requires, you can say, well, what are we looking for in terms of the level of enthusiasm for attention to detail or the kind of example they might have that demonstrates they've got ability in that area? Again, this is the issue. You know, how are we judging enthusiasm? Mm. We're going to judge enthusiasm by do they sound bubbly and chatty on the phone? If someone says, yeah, I'm really keen on attention to detail. That really, sounds like me in the morning. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> Without coffee. Without coffee. Uh, we're going to judge whether or not someone really wants this job on their tone of voice. Yeah. And some people feel really passionately about things and do not convey that in their tone of voice. I, I'm an I'm a, I'm absolute prime example of that. Actually, I've got a fairly flat voice most of the time. And uh, it takes it takes an awful lot of time to get to know me before you'll see me excited. It's a micro behaviour, isn't it? Excitement. <laughs> I remember telling one of our colleagues once when you scratched scratch, scratch your chin. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think he's interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look out for the micro signs with me, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's not often I get excited. And when I do. Well, and so here's the point. So would I not recruit you for a role because you don't speak like I do, mm. because you don't say, oh my gosh, I'm really excited by that. You scratch your chin. Yeah, I mean, and and there's the bias works the other way around as well. So I can only cope with so many extroverts in my team before I want to just, just find a hole and die. So if I was interviewing another person with your personality type, I probably wouldn't give them the job. Here we go. They're too loud. They're too bubbly. They're going to talk all the time. They're never going to shut up. Yeah, curb your enthusiasm. Okay, so again, we've got the bias point that regardless of how well the person can do the job, we're we're not looking at that. We're looking at whether we like them. Now, this is the point where every hiring manager and their dog will say to me, but surely how well we get on with the person is important. Ah, the right fit. Ah, there we go. Ah. And of course, yes, it is important. Is it the most important thing? Mm -hmm. And do you really think that that telephone interview in 10, 20 minutes is giving you a judge of, will I get on with them? Because our only measure of will I get on with you is do you sound like me? Do you sound like my friends? And that is not the best measure or only measure of whether or not we get on. So it sounds like you're poo-pooing telephone interviews at the moment. No, what I'm saying is we have to acknowledge that whilst I find them really useful, they add some humanity back in, we need to be very, very careful with bias. So if you've set up some scoring criteria to say, this is what I'm looking for. However, I want to be aware of the fact that the person's tone of voice is going to have an impact on me. And whether or not the person's had some help preparing for this interview is going to bias my judgment of them. So Whilst, yes, it will sound like I'm poo-pooing them because they are very, very biased. In the absence, you know, there is no magical test. 
that says this person will fit well with your team or this person will do the job well. So we could use a psychometric test if we've done everything that we said in the previous podcast about how to Mm -hmm. do that well. We're probably also going to want to have a telephone interview to make sure, if, for example, speaking clearly on the phone is important to the job, which for every job we have in our business, it is. Yeah. I want to speak to someone on the phone. Yeah. If you're going to recruit somebody for customer service or client relationships or building relationships globally with different stakeholders, you probably want to check those skills. A telephone interview is a really helpful way of doing it. Absolutely, yeah. And that's about making sure that the the interview tool is appropriate for the job Mm -hmm. that you're hiring for. This is back to last week's uh, or previous week's podcast. You know, psychometrics are useful. Just make sure you're using them for the right situation. Exactly. Um, So if I'm using a telephone interview for a coder who will be hid in a dark room coding IT platforms, and you can tell by my language that I have no idea what I'm talking about there. It's okay, I understand. Thank you. Then their ability to sound enthusiastic on the phone is totally irrelevant. And this this is where it gets interesting for me. So we'll hire people um, like that, but then we'll promote that person who's been sitting in a deep, dark cave doing coding into a managerial position where they're required to be more outgoing, enthusiastic, bubbly. They may need to present to to senior managers. That's an entirely different skill set from what they were originally hired for. Yep. And that, I mean, this is the the broader issue, I think, with, I'm going to say the entire world. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually is because the the issue with the entire world is bias and unhelpful thinking Mm. you're good at this therefore i think you'll be good at that yeah you're great at coding therefore i think you'd be good at a senior level role you'll be good at managing other coders no nope that's not how that works um but then at the same time we've we've linked reward and pay and all of these these great things with moving up the ladder uh so how do you reward and encourage someone What's keeping them in the same position until the day they die? That- and this is why companies who employ a lot of technical specialists have created different career pathways. You know, mm. you can become a senior engineer, you can become a senior specialist, or uh, even just the word specialist, removing the word senior because it indicates a level of age or experience. Oh, good point, um, well done. Yes. yes, age discrimination comes in there. So uh, certainly having alternative career structures so you can have higher level of status and pay without suggesting you have to be a people manager is very useful Mm. sadly a lot of organizations that do employ technical specialists don't have those structures which leads to people being inappropriately promoted to managers and people getting very very frustrated absolutely back to the telephone interview yeah sorry i've hijacked the podcast yet again uh zoom calls are quite popular at the moment or whatever platform of choice you like Mm -hmm. to put your face on uh, speaking to a client not too long ago on a workshop and they said that their video wasn't working mm-hmm. so they had to go old school pick up the telephone and he believed he had a much better interview because of that and that really resonated with me I think your point to the biases that we bring to a telephone interview are amplified when we bring it to a video interview yes. particularly for for people who are in you know single bed flats at the moment or they you know they've got housemates running around naked in the background <laughs> <laughs> that's 
sounds interesting. It's very easy to get distracted visually. I think we're taking a lot of information. We're, you know, we're looking at people's kitchens. We're looking at their setups, you know, where, where they're dirty knickers. I think by turning off the visuals for for your, for your conference calls, yeah. particularly in that interview environment, immediately lowers your bias. Yeah. And then you've just got to worry about the, the actual telephone biases that you've talked about. But as you say, it's, it's a massive reduction. Mm. You know, even the, the colour of someone's skin, their oh, hair, yeah. all of that stuff that's going to bring extra bias, we, we just remove that. So, mm. so I'm with you that moving from Zoom to telephone could help us yeah. reduce some of that bias. I mean, it's, it, it, it's getting closer to blind CV screening at that point, isn't it? Uh, which is why application forms are awesome because they're really easy to blind screen. Yes, again, a lot of problems, as you say, with formats... CVs being sent in in different formats. If the candidate sends their CV as a PDF to get your HR out. team to take their name off and make it a blind CV, it's just yeah. more challenging. So, absolutely, yeah. So, telephone interviews in summary, good. Got to be careful though, everybody. Make sure you've got a decent interview script, a scoring guide, park your biases. In fact, maybe as a, I haven't mentioned this concept for a little while, so self awareness here. Um, be aware of your biases and don't sit there and tell me you haven't got any. You have. That's really difficult because they are unconscious, right? It's called unconscious bias for a reason. Yeah, but that's what a coach or a mentor or a mate is for. I'm, I'm almost fairly certain that your partner, if you've got one, is pointing them out to you on a daily basis and you're just not listening. Um, but it, I think really elevating some of the biases that you have and just acknowledging them. Don't 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 necessarily try to change them, um, because that you know that's a whole chunk of work that you might not want to do. But you know, acknowledge them. I mean, like you know, one of mine is a handshake, not relevant entirely at the moment. But if you've got a wet handshake, I'm a little bit like mm. that immediate impression upon me is not a good one, and it takes me a little bit of time to get rid of that immediate impression. That's why, as well, I'm suggesting putting in the scoring guide mention of the likely biases that come up mm. so instead of you having to remember oh am i aware of some biases here or maybe i don't really know what my biases are it's there in the scoring guide watch out for are you being overly impressed by their tone of voice or being swayed by their tone of voice focus on what they actually said mm. on the tell me about what you know about our company watch out for are you being overly impressed by somebody who spent an hour reading your website because yeah. really does that tell you that much mm -hmm. so it's just a scoring guide that reminds you of the likely biases that can come up here and indeed then if you were doing the interview on zoom do you have something in the scoring guide saying watch out for what judgments have you made about their background and how they look so it's just having those watch outs the whole thing about oh, i was going to say overcoming unconscious bias i don't think we can ever overcome it reducing the negative impact of it mm -hmm. is slowing down our thinking we are going to make snap judgments and something in a scoring guide that says, mm, just be aware of that. Mm, How might you that. think about this differently? That slowing down is the best thing we can do. Awesome. Well, let's wrap it up there. I would like to just add a caveat to this entire conversation. When I said wet handshake, I meant less than the robust. Less than robust. Less than robust. I like a good firm handshake. However, I have and I do have uh, individuals in my circle who aren't able to give me robust handshakes for various reasons. I don't judge them for that. <laughs> I just don't want to be seen as a complete plonker. Okay. Thank you. 
everybody for your patience with me on my journey to not being a plonker. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.